They may have given a blueprint for how to defend Harden. I think it's three teams in the East that can give them a chance. And I think the Bucks is, is the third team. We have the best record in the league, so I think MVP and, and winning should go hand in hand. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Up first, Chris Broussard joins Skip and Shannon to break down Milwaukee's big win against Harden and the Rockets. Skip, I will yep. start with Ooh, you. Thank you. What was your takeaway? Changing your vote? Is that it? <laughs> you know what? I got nothing out of this game last night. The MVP <laughs> battle was a big dud. <laughs> you wanted big more. Dud. You wanted more. It feels about the, us. the MVPs of this game were Coach Budenholzer and his staff <laughs> because, because they came up with a game plan by which I'd never seen James Harden defended that way or that successfully because they took Eric Bledsoe and George Hill and just had them jump on James' right. left hand, just like stand sideways and say, I'm sorry, you can't dribble left-handed. Right. They dogged him at the three-point line and just said, oh, you, you want to drive right-handed? Right. Just take the, the highway. Go right ahead. To the, go ahead, <laughs> shoot your little runners or whatever you want to shoot, and then Giannis, Brooke Lopez, whoever, would, would try to meet him in the middle of the lane because they were going to take the three away. And did they ever? He goes one for nine from three. Yeah. But even worse, uh, Eric Gordon goes 0 for 5 from three, and P.J. Tucker goes 1 for 8 from three. So you got three starters who go 2 for 22. You're going to lose at Milwaukee yep. in that game. Final biggest picture takeaway on these two MVP candidates. I don't love either one of them in the postseason. What happened last night to me, mm. just step back, I don't trust either of these MVP candidates Big game, big stage, intangibles, their killer will, whatever that thing is, whatever that assassin is that Jordan had, Kobe had, we can go on and on. KD has shown us in the biggest stages and mm -hmm. the NBA Finals, back-to-back -back MVPs. Both of them shrank under the magnitude of that game, a nationally televised, pretty big stage game, a late-season MVP matchup, the likes of which we may never have seen before, right? Mm -hmm. It was great. I was keyed up for it. Yep. And maybe they were both too keyed up because they shrank in the spotlight. I, Go ahead. Uh, I agree with everything you said. If you went to this game and you thought Giannis was the MVP, you left the game saying Giannis is the MVP. If you went into this game saying James Harden is the MVP, you left this game saying James Harden is the MVP. But what it showed me is that if James Harden does not score 50, they can't win because more times than not, you're going to get – uh, P.J. Tucker, one for nine from the field. Eric Gordon was 0 for 7. So th those two guys were one for 16 overall from the field, one for 13 from the three-point line. Jay, I mean, you know, James is going to have games like this. He'll have a game. He He's does. one for nine, one for nine from the three-point line. Well. He's 3 for 11. But he'll also have a game where he's 10 for 17 from the three-point line, and he dropped 61 on you. He has to be great. See, he can't be average. And this is an okay stat line. I mean, 23, 10, and 7. That's okay. 
but that's not good but enough for them. He was nine for twenty six. But he, he's a volume shooter, you know. But that not that volume. No. Oh, we, well, we've we've seen him go level for thirty eight. Well, to, what I disagree with what you say is he has to get fifty because in, in six of their last ten games he's had below thirty. They're seven and three in those games. So you got Chris Paul, you got Eric Gordon, you got Clint Gordon. Capella. Capella's played well. Yeah, you have, and Gordon is a very good player. He's, when he's healthy, he's streaky. he's streaky, but but he's a very good player. Yeah. And obviously, Chris Paul is who he is, even if he's declined a little bit. I, obviously, the MVP matchup was a dud, and I was with you. I was really <laughs> excited about it. Eric Bledsoe was the MVP. Yeah. But they may have given a blueprint of how for how Harden. to defend Harden. Because you you mentioned, like, when have you ever seen not only Harden, but any player defend it where you Stick just... sideways? Right. You're so much on this side. It's one thing to, you know, go a little bit yeah. to that side, but... They were like yeah, that, were and then shading. they were standing sideways. Right. They were going to make sure he couldn't get yeah. to that left hand. Yep. And then they knew that even though he would go to the right, mm -hmm. when he got to the rim, he, he was going to come, come back. back to the left. And that's why Bledsoe and everybody was still swiping it because they know from behind. Right. He still doesn't yep. feel comfortable, right. even though he can lay it up with either hand. Mm -hmm. He wants to go to that ball dominant hand. And Bledsoe got hot in the third and went 16 yeah. straight. Bledsoe. I'm like, who? Is well, what you saw? Look, Milwaukee. I don't think they're only the best team in the East. They, I would pick Golden State, but they've got to do some things that will give them problems because they're long. Bam. Remember, they beat Golden State in Oakland earlier in the season. They're 5-1 and one against Golden State, Houston, and Denver. Mm -hmm. I give they're, you props. You were on their bandwagon early. You were saying, watch out. Yeah. They're, the they're now, you, you are right about both of these guys in the postseason. Now, Giannis, we haven't, he's young. We haven't seen enough yet. Harden, this is what he has to overcome. Yes. Like, his, his legacy, if they somehow win a championship or, or two or whatever, and he does it in the postseason, his legacy, we're talking about really skyrocketing. Yes, yes. You know, I don't know if he can get to Kobe Bryant here. He'd have to win a lot to do that. But if he fails again in the postseason this year, because we've seen it time and time again, and – you know, if you want to, whether it's the usage rate, does he f get fatigued in the playoffs? You know, what? or is it mental? But Chris, the thing is that I'm, I'm gonna push back. He can lose, but he can't lose like how he lost. No, to San right, I agree. I he agree. can't lose by shooting two for 17 from the three-point line and scoring 15 points, or taking 11 right. shots or something. Or, like or, that. or losing in a game seven. He can't turn the ball over 14 times in right. the playoffs like he did against Golden State or dribble the ball off of his foot. Those are the type plays that he's going to have to overcome in the playoffs. I it's agree. just not going to be good enough. They're like, okay, you know what? If he plays well and they lose, the team plays better, you can live with that. But he's had some awful moments right. in the playoffs. I'm just saying if he wants to get to the higher level yeah, of the got, Kobe Bryant, then he's yeah. got to win. Yes, yes. Right now, he's going to end up in that stage like Barkley and Ewing and, you know, Malone, yeah. these guys that never have won. But he's, you're right, he's got to play well. And Giannis, we just don't know. I, look, when he came to L.A., they had, what, 16 points a few weeks ago? Yes. Now, granted, he was injured. You know, there was some question of whether he was going to play. You, you thought he wasn't even going to play. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if we can hold that against him. But we, we have to see both of these guys in the big moments. Yep. But I'm telling you, Milwaukee, with their length. They tall. They, ooh, I Middleton. think they... Great they would freak, get Lopez. and they're physical mm -hmm. because you got Lopez with his size. Obviously, Bledsoe is physical. If they can get Brogdon back by then, and I mean, remember, you got Al Gasol's just sitting down there in street clothes at the, right. end of the bench, and he's going to be back. Oh, yeah. What's yeah. this kid? Is it from Notre Dame? Connaughton? Yeah. What's it? Connaughton. Connaughton. Yeah. yeah. No, he's a good player. Whoa! Yeah. I'm like, whoa, whoa! Look yeah. at. 
Look well, at Billy Hall. Mike Budenholzer's done a great job with that. Win coach I mean, look, they yeah. lead, they're second in the really league good. in three-pointers <laughs> made, third in the league in points and play. I do think Giannis, because let's face it, a lot of people haven't seen him. They still haven't. You know, just because they're not on right. national TV a lot. And he showed you he brings the ball up the court half the time. Yeah. He can post up like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or something yeah. like that. He scores, obviously dunks on everybody. He defends. He drives and kicks. Like, he got dunked, once though. he gets that three, that three-pointer down, and it's improving. Capella, Capella hurt yeah, his Capella feet. Yeah, Capella got it. Capella, <laughs> Capella hurt his feet last night. <laughs> I don't he know what it. he was thinking on that one. But, hey, when you, you, know when you... Yesterday, I finally said, I'm going to give in to James Harden. I just raved on, on the show yesterday ready. about him. You were I, ready. I said, hey, he's doing things offensively he, I haven't you seen You put him before. in rare air. Well, because he's, he's performed in rare air. Yeah. And then that happened yeah. last night. And I said, really? Because it would seem to me, even if you jump his left hand sideways, he's just going to torch you. He's right. just going to figure out a way over time. Okay. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Now, watch what he does. Now, the next team that play him, they're going to play that same way, and he's going to end up with 60. It's, you watch. It's going to be interesting. Because the first time, because he, no one is really, like you said, they shade him, but not just get, they get, they got two men removed outside of his left hand. They're sideways. Yes. Say, so you are not going to, you're they not going to the court. length. Yes. They can do that because, like you said, when he gets in the paint, they got length that can challenge. Come with, come Most with, teams don't have that. Exactly. So, he'll figure, he'll figure it out. He, he's smart enough to know. But the thing that helps him is that if he has that three ball going, now you got to hug up on him. Right. That's when he can go around you get to the plank, paint and hit that floater. He gets that floater going and the three... He, I think you have to think about this with the MVP voting, though. Like I said, the first two months of the season, they're under 500. Yeah. And Harden's playing every game. Chris Paul's playing every game. Capella was healthy at that point. The last 10 games, he's had six of them under 30, which still obviously isn't bad. But are we are we giving James Harden the MVP because of a 45, 50 game stretch, and and then these outliers every two weeks where he goes for 60? I mean, that's that. Look, he's been great, but I'm just saying, Giannis has just been the steady offensively, yeah, no, defensively. It. Every night, I'm giving it to you. Well, the the, the best thing, you know, the best thing Milwaukee did. They kept Houston off the free throw line. Mm -hmm. James Harden hit the free throw line five times. Yeah, I mean, come on, James Harden averages about ten free throws a game. They shot seven as a team. Mm. That, that was, was the, that's maybe that's the biggest got, stat yes. of the game. That's what you got to do with them. The only thing James did well last night was he and his partner in crime they left at the buzzer. That, that he and Chris Paul just oh, yeah. walked up right. the tunnel. And sure. I loved it. I applaud that because Why? I don't like to see him hugging and kissing after games. Oh, stop like, it, I, I don't want to see it. Really? Uh, it's like this league has gone wrong that way. Jordan didn't stand around after I don't care hunt. what he did. Remember that Jordan was upset when the Pistons just walked right out past them. Right. That, that was in the playoffs. Yeah, why? Play so why? If you don't like to see hugging and kissing, why was he up so upset that they didn't acknowledge them? Mm. Did you did you defend? Remember LeBron got a lot of heat yeah. against he, Orlando he, in 2009? Clock ran. Out. He, Is that? What I don't, nah, no. he didn't. He just didn't go, didn't which I thought was ridiculous that they blew it. I didn't think it was a big deal, like you. I mean, after a playoff loss, a tough loss, oh, he oh, didn't you mean go. You're going all the way in back Orlando. Oh, that's a long back. time ago. But he I got since this year when he left. No, before the clock ran. Oh, that was like Milwaukee. That was like Phoenix or somebody that he left. He was like, yeah, yeah. But the problem that I have with everybody, they forget the big three Celtics when the Pistons bad boys finally took them down. Look at McHale. Paris and Bird. And he shake no hands, they walk right out the court. And the Pistons saw what they did. 
Okay, they did the same so thing in Chicago. Good. Oh, I can't they believe it. Worse. I they walked right past. Hey, but you're right. I, 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 they Isaiah, caught heat. Isaiah came through that church. <laughs> you love it over there, Steve? You really like it that much? Mm. All right. I, I'm with you, though. I mean, we make too much out of it. If you shake hands, you don't. What's the big deal? Like, it doesn't have to be every time. This, but you know what, Chris? When we get here, we pass it. Hey, hey. We don't ride the elevator together. We don't say anything together, but in production meeting until we get here. I see Skipper. I see Skipper. I see Skipper. The commercial is right. No, no, that's that's serious. We we filmed that in real time. That's what happened. Yeah. Really hard. Ain't no no conversation going, hey, I passed Skipper the hall. No one wants to talk to me, Chris. I just keep it myself (laughs) in the morning. Hey, we broke that elevator the same time. Next, Anton Walker reveals the three teams in the East he thinks can give the Warriors a run. I think they're a threat. Um, I just, when you play against Houston, they have such a different style. I mean, they shot 51 threes last night. Um, a lot of teams are not going to do that. They don't share the basketball. They, they're ball dominant by one person. Um, Milwaukee's played them really, really well. They've got mm-hmm. two guards that can stay in front of um, James Harden, Eric Bledsoe, and George Hill. And then you got two bigs that kind of challenge, you know, James mm-hmm. Harden at the rim with Giannis and obviously Brooke Lopez. Can, they both challenge James Harden at the rim. So it's a different style. I don't want to take anything away from the win. They beat a great team in Houston. Houston's playing great basketball right now. Um, it's always good to get these type of wins to know where you're at just in case you do get in the finals. You got some film, kind of can see some matchups, but I don't take much from it because Golden State's a different animal when it comes to matchups where Milwaukee will have to face. So it's not shocking to me that the Rockets shot 50 plus threes, not only because they're the Rockets, but Milwaukee, if people watch them all year, they allow more threes than any team in the league. And somehow they still have the number one defense in basketball. It's because they basically say, even in this three-point shooting NBA, we're going to give up those threes and you're going to get nothing on the inside. We've got two legit seven-footers. Giannis, what, 6'11", but with a 7'6 wingspan. They have Giannis on the other team's worst offensive player, and they let him play free safety. And that's why, to me, they are interesting against the Warriors. Yeah, to me, too, look at what the Warriors faced the last four years. Now, I know they had a lot of injuries with LeBron, and they did have LeBron. But if we were being honest... Based on how the season has went, how they've played, their coaching changes, how they're playing defense, we could say this is probably the biggest threat to the Warriors outside of Houston when Chris Paul got hurt. Oh, you mean that? So who the Warriors faced in the finals over the last four years? Well, hey, that's what we talked about. Right. Oh, no, of course. Especially right. when you consider what type of profile the Cavs had defensively and what this Bucks team has defensively. Because the point I was making about Giannis is Giannis will be guarding Draymond. And you might say, wait, why wouldn't he guard Kevin Durant? That's what no, no, no. They will have him guard Draymond, which means he won't guard Draymond, and he will just patrol the baseline, waiting for someone to create penetration. So they'll be able to they'll be able to stay up on three-point shooters, and if Steph or Katie gets by someone, Giannis will come flying at him. They if there wasn't such a belief, Tuan, that the Warriors had another gear to get to that they are just basically hovering in third, occasionally getting to fourth, but haven't touched fifth gear yet all year, then I think people would say, of course the Bucs can beat them. Number two offense, number one defense, maybe the best player in the league, a very good coach, a deep team. They check all the boxes. I think it's three teams in the East that can give them a chance. And I think the Bucs is the the third team. 
Oh, I wow. still I still like Toronto. I still like Philly. If you get into a seven game series, I think if you got look, you got to think about one with Toronto with the addition of obviously Marcus Gasol to that team makes now he can pick and pop with Boogie Cousins. He can guard Boogie by himself. He don't have to double. That's a, a okay. added piece of that. You, you got to think about it too as well. They added Jeremy Lin, another guard that makes Steph Curry have to work. Jeremy Lin's not that bad. Now you got three guards mm -hmm. that you can throw at Steph. They've got more personnel. And then obviously you look at Philly. Philly starting five is could be obviously. I believe they're the best in the league, and they pose difference. That's when Jimmy Butler comes into play and Tobias Harris when you get into a series. It becomes different. They didn't have nobody that can guard jo Joel Embiid. You he gets Cousins fits. You mm -hmm. think Philly starting five is better than the Warriors starting five? That's tough. No. I'm not okay, going to so, so, disrespect. So it's best starting five in the East is what you're saying. East, yes. I got you. But I just think those three teams all give Golden State, compared to what we saw in the past, the last four years, mm -hmm. obviously LeBron got one, and they got dominated the last two years. Those three teams can give a better finals run. What doesn't this Milwaukee team have besides experience that you don't fully trust can go up against the Warriors? I think it's experience. I think when you get in the playoffs, you get in the seven-game series, I think it becomes tough. I'm not completely sold on Chris Middleton. I know he made the all-star team. I'm not really sold. My, I have a question mark on Eric Bledsoe. We got to see him in his big stage. He's had a great season. He's playing the best yes. basketball of his career. He, he, he is, but we haven't seen him in this stage. You're talking mm -hmm. about when you get to that, obviously, when you get to the Eastern Conference Finals, you're going to end up playing either the Toronto Raptors or the Philadelphia 76ers. And I, I like I like their their experience and their depth a little bit better than I like Milwaukee's. Tell me if I'm wrong here. You also, I think we've talked about this before, have questions about how effective, even as dominant as Giannis has been this year, in a playoff series where, you, where you're scouting this team and this team only, where you play them every couple of days, and Giannis does still have, he's been able to overcome it as far as being wildly effective this year, one enormous limitation to his game, which is he cannot shoot threes. He's at like 23% on the year from three-point range. Some concern about how he will be guarded in a postseason series and how effective he will be late in postseason games. Is that one of your concerns? Yes, yeah, I just think people don't understand when the playoffs come, it gets a little tougher a little harder. Um, we see a lot of dunks, a lot of individual one-on-one -on -one plays that Giannis makes. It won't be as easy come playoff time. No, it won't be as easy, but I think because Giannis, Giannis hit this growth spurt, but Giannis grew up as a point guard. So now you got a guy 6'11", 7 foot. He's got more unassisted dunks than anyone, I guess, the last 10 years in the NBA. So that works in the playoffs. I can go off the dribble because anytime I get beyond the three-point line, even if they lay off of me, because he's so gangly and because it's awkward and it's never been seen before, he's built like Kevin Durant, but Kevin Durant not trying to go all the way to the right. hole the way we've seen Giannis. I've been shocked of how he's been able to improve his dribbling and how he has relied on that to be able to get not only to the rim, but I'm talking about finishing with a dunk, with the Shaq-type numbers. And when you say built like Kevin Durant, the Kevin Durant body type, but with, I'd say, 25 extra pounds, 30 extra pounds of muscle, yeah. so he can deal with the contact at the rim. Guys, balance. if you have to tell me who you could trust on Milwaukee besides Giannis, I mean, you guys, other teams, we named it two, three different players. Give me somebody else. So I don't you know trust. who I can trust on Toronto besides Kawhi. I don't know that I can try. Like, Mark Gasol has been there. Mark Gasol has been there at a different time of his Serge career. Serge has been to the finals. He the, knows how Kyle Lowry has been in tight playoff games against Cleveland the last three years. Okay. The only thing I'm worried about with Milwaukee is Brogdon and their depth. 
If they don't get those guys back being 100%, but if they get both of those players back and healthy, they are the class of the East, and they're the best matchup in the Warriors. In this five-year period, they're the best matchup going against the Warriors in the seven-game series. Antoine, did last night's game change your opinion at all of who the MVP was going to be? After the game, Chris Paul said, hey, this game shouldn't determine who the MVP is. Both mm -hmm. Giannis and Harden did not have, obviously, their best games. The race is still down to those I two. I don't base it off that. I, base, I think Giannis deserves the MVP. If we go on in the history of the NBA and how they pick MVPs, they're going to win 60-plus games. He's been dominant all season long. He's played predominantly 90% of the games. Then you think about it, on the defensive end, he's probably the best defensive player in the league besides Kawhi Leonard. you got to add that to mm -hmm. the equation as well. And he's, he's checking all the boxes right now to be the MVP. And that's not taking anything away from James Harden. But the thing about James Except Harden... Except for the MVP you know, No, I'm not taking anything <laughs> away from his, what he's done this season. Yeah. I understand the scoring and how it's been amazing and how he's carried that team. But you got to reward Giannis when you think about 65 wins and they kind of pieced that team together. We've seen Harden do this before, not at the level of 36 a night, but we've seen him dominate like And this. if Giannis them didn't have all those plus 10 plus 10 point wins, he'd be averaging 30 points a game because he's sitting a lot of times in the fourth quarter well, th too. That is, there are, there's two ways to look at that. One is the Rockets, they don't, they haven't been blowing people out the way the Bucks have. They have needed every single one of Harden's points. But the other way to look at it is exactly what Chris said, which is the Bucks have 43 double-digit wins this year. 43 double-digit wins, so how much is Giannis's stats being impacted by we're up 16 with five minutes left, so he's not getting an extra two or three points per mm -hmm. game. All right. Finally, Bucks star Chris Middleton sits down with Christine Leahy to talk expectations for his team and what Giannis is like off the court. I'm Christine Leahy. We're coming to you from Charlotte this week, Charlotte, North Carolina, home of the 2019 NBA All-Star Game. My guest today has helped the Milwaukee Bucks to the best record in the NBA, and he's making history here in Charlotte as the first player ever to make an all-star team who also played in the NBA's developmental G League. Fear the deer, Chris Middleton is here. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. So back in September, you took the Players' Tribune on a tour of your hometown. Yeah. You took them to Waffle House? Yeah. Do you remember what you ordered? The all-star special. The all-star sure. special. Yeah. And look where you are now. Exactly. That's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, it is. Um, meant to be, I guess. Where were you when you found out that you were selected to be in the all-star team? Uh, it was in Toronto. We were getting ready to play them that night um, for a big game for about the top spot in the East and uh, mm -hmm. find out right before we went out for warm-ups. How'd you find out? Uh, teammates, phone calls and texts from my family and friends, but uh, and then John Horse and, and Bud that came in congratulated me and told me the news. Do you celebrate that kind of thing? Uh, I couldn't at the time, but after the game, um, we definitely celebrated on the plane. Um, you know, had the rookie singing and all that. But the rookies singing, yeah, just uh, what? Just, uh, just the rookie singing, just you know, just a little hazing. But at the same time, wait, I gotta fun. know what this is. The rookies had to sing. Just one rookie. I mean, we, we oh, one it, rookie. Yeah, just one rookie. Which one? Uh, Dante DiVincenzo. And what did he have to sing? Just had to sing a little congratulations song. That was it. Um, oh gosh. Just something little. Uh, just. <laughs> from the other vets just to congratulate me on uh, making an All-Star for the first time. Oh, I have to hear this one. Yeah. Are there any All-Stars or guys here that you're really excited to meet? Um, really all of them. I mean, I'm a fan of, uh, fans of uh, a lot of these players' games. I respect them all, and um, I hope we just all have a great time out here. So you don't want to, like, because a lot of guys, they start to, like, make friends at All-Star, yeah. and they start talking about forming super teams or where they all want to play. Like, you don't yeah. want to get in on that kind of conversation? I mean, if anybody's welcome to come to Milwaukee, I mean, of course <sighs> I would, you know 
have those conversations with them and whatnot. That but is as a far as, very good answer. Yeah. You're very good at this. <laughs> um, Michael Jordan is here this weekend. He was your favorite athlete growing up. Have you met him? I have not. I've seen him a couple of times from a distance, but I have not uh, officially shook his hand and introduced myself to him. Are you going to try to make that happen this weekend? Uh, I'm not going to force it, but if it happens, it happens. Yeah. We, I feel like we should make this happen. Like, would, would you, what would you say to him? Would you take a picture with him? Would you? That would definitely be the first thing. Uh, take a picture for, with okay. him for the memories. Okay. Yeah. Most Milwaukee thing that you have done in Milwaukee would be? Uh, I would say probably milk a cow. You uh -huh. milked a cow? My first year there, okay. um, went to a state fair, and my teammates kind of set me up uh, that we all had to do one thing. I was the last person to pick, and milking the cow was it. What were the other things that people had to do? Uh, like pop a shot, just stuff with fans. Uh, the oh. fans could see at the state fair. Oh, wow. So for one. you, it could have been pop a shot or milk a cow. Pretty much. You really lost on that one. How yeah. was that, milking a cow? Uh, it's something that I definitely tried to forget. Um, definitely don't want to do it again. Uh, mm -hmm. But it was, it was different. Um, but yeah, it's not for me. Right now, the Bucks, um, they're not getting all the headlines, but you still have the best record in the entire NBA, even better than the Warriors. I bet before the season you knew that you guys were going to be good, but not this good. Did you have any idea? We knew we were going to be actually pretty good. I mean, we had a great season last year. Um, with the new coaching staff coming in this year, we weren't exactly sure how good we could be. Um, but we still like we have a lot of ways to get better at. Um, I mean, I don't think we really peaked yet this season, but um, we've been playing really good basketball so far. I mean, how do you peak more? <laughs> just, uh, just have all the pieces fit at one time uh, during the stretch. I think uh, for the majority of our games so far, we've only had maybe two or three guys that play well together in one game. There hasn't been a stretch where, you know, five people out there on the court at all times are playing at a high level. It seems like you guys have really good chemistry. How important do you think chemistry is, aside from just like the good basketball on the court? No, it's definitely huge. I mean, uh, we have team dinners before every every role game, um, where a Wait, couple guys. Wait, what? Yeah, just you know, guys. Like your whole team goes nah, out to dinner. It's just optional. We have okay. we'll have maybe one night five guys, another night ten guys, but we always go go out to eat on the road. Just another way to build a relationship. So it's just easy to, um, when it comes down to court. So I gotta tell you, that's not so common anymore. Yeah. A lot of guys, a lot of teams, they're very fragmented. They all do their own thing, especially when they're out on the road. So to hear that you guys actually go to dinner together, yeah. that's huge. That is, it is. Who organizes it? Um, it's kind of everybody. Um, yeah. Me, Giannis, Eric Bledsoe, um, kind of the older guys. We try to you know get the young guys involved and take them out to eat, talk to them a little bit, uh, just be great, good vets. And you know that's how you build a camaraderie for a team. Okay, what kind of food do you go to, if it's your choice? Uh, I go to the simple simple stuff. Uh, a little bit of seafood, mostly chicken, um, or fish. And so you like, like a that. steakhouse, something like that? Yeah. Um, Giannis yeah. chooses what? Uh, Giannis doesn't get to choose. Oh, he doesn't get to nah, choose? because he's always going to go with the Greek food, and nobody really wants to eat that, so <laughs> he doesn't get to pick. You're not down with the Greek food? Nah, not yet. Okay, it's, yeah, I mean, you should try a Greek salad. They're pretty good. I can't do it. Okay. Um, LeBron James said this, everybody in the East thinks they can get to the finals because they ain't got to go through me. Is that what the Bucks are thinking right now? Not at all. We haven't even thought about him. Uh -huh. This year or last year. I mean, uh, last year we didn't get a chance to face him, but uh, this year I think we will still have a great chance to get to the finals, even, even if he was in the East. You took the Celtics to Game 7 last year in the playoffs. What was the biggest thing that you learned from that series? Uh, home court advantage. Um, that was the main thing. Uh, neither team got a, a win on the road in that series, and it just proved how big home court advantage should be in the playoffs when 
you know, you go to another building and you have to face or hear that crowd for, you know, four or three games, however it, it bounces out. But home court advantage is something that uh, is very important to us now. For sure. Yeah. Uh, you guys have also gone through three coaches in the past year. Yeah. Insane, especially yeah. considering your current record. Yeah. What is it that is clicking right now with Mike Buttonholzer? Uh, just this overall team aspect, how, you know, everybody on the court is an option uh, and there's an option to score, too, which makes things a lot more easier for myself, Giannis or Eric Vessel to get to the paint and do what we do. But uh, on the other side of the ball, defensively, we've been a great team, uh, mm -hmm. defensive team, which uh, helps us whether we're struggling on the offensive end. We got to talk about Giannis for a second. Yeah. Uh, what is it like watching him as his teammate on the court and seeing his growth? It's cool to see. I mean, I will say the highlights are, I've kind of gotten used to him, which is sad because some of the things he doesn't <laughs> practice. Crazy. Yeah, some of the things he doesn't practice, we see every day in the game. Uh, so sometimes you might not see us cheering or like in awe of what some of the dunks or, you know, pick up the ball from the three-point line and dunk it. Because we're used to seeing that every day. So, but I mean, what he does on a night in and night out basis is still incredible. What's he like off the court? It's a normal guy. He's a kid, man. He, uh, he just <laughs> wants to have fun, wants to smile, um, and he just tries to enjoy everybody's company. Why should he be the MVP over guys like James Harden and Paul George? Uh, one, I think his numbers are right there with those guys, and two, um, we have the best record in the league, so I think MVP and, and winning should go hand-in-hand. -hand. Big question for you. Mm -hmm. You're going to be a free agent. You yeah. got a max deal in front of you. Have you given any thought to what you want to do? Not yet. I'm going to uh, finish this season strong, as strong as I can first, <laughs> then, then uh, start thinking about my next decisions. But um, it's all about just being in the right situation. I mean, um, so far, Milwaukee's been great to me. So uh, as long as I'm in the right situation, um, I'll be fine. What's that mean, though, for you, the right situation? Because legacies are different for mm -hmm. every guy, like what you want your legacy to be. It could be how many All-Star games you've made, how your stat line looks, how many championships you have. So for you, what is it? It's about one winning, uh, winning and being in the right situation, right place for my family and myself. Oh, um, okay. That type of thing, off the court um, and uh, on the court, being with, being with the right team, uh, being able to fit in the way I want to fit in with the team. Um, so the location actually really matters to you? Uh, not too much. It's just, okay. is it somewhere that I can live, uh, <laughs> my family can live also? Uh, where but, do you not want to live? Uh, where do I not want to live? Mm -hmm. That's a tough one. I would say Cleveland's kind of a tough place to go right now. They're, uh, they're struggling right now, so I'm going to just keep pouring the salt on it and just say Cleveland for right now. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Hoops on Fox podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review letting us know what you think of the show.